Yo, what's up, everybody? This is your boy, Stevie G, and this is the Seamless Garage Podcast. So this episode is really cool because I've been wanting to bring this information to you guys for a while. On this episode, we talk about how an internal combustion engine works. Basically, I break down for you the, the four strokes of the engine. I give you some diagnostic tips, and I also give you some tuning tips to kind of explain to you what you need to do and tuning to improve it, or what you need to do to diagnose an issue with this with engines, okay? I, I try to keep it simple for you guys. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Guys, I want to get into the meat and potatoes of uh, how a internal combustion engine works, and uh, kind of give you guys a rundown. You know, basically just a cliff point, cliff notes version of it, and uh, kind of give you some pointers. I just maybe the takeaway could be that you'll have a better understanding of how a combustion engine works. I know this is through audio, so you'll have to visualize. Um, but you can also look some of the stuff up after I'm done and uh, get a visual for what's actually going on. But I figured I'd explain it because I have a pretty good grasp of how things work. Um, if anything, I feel like I feel like uh, that's probably going to be my strong point uh, in theory. Okay, you know we're just getting started started with seamless, so. Um, this is just in theory, but I think that's going to be my strong suit is performance. Uh, yeah, I'm great at electrical, like, you know, my everyday job in automotive, I'm great at electrical. Um, but something that's always intrigued me is performance. So, uh, I think that I'm going to do great at it, but you guys are going to be able to tell that, you know, y'all be the judge of that, um, once we get these cars built. Um, you know, and I'll always evolve and get better, but... I've always been intrigued by performance. Of course, I love the way cars look. I mean, you've got to choose one, and it needs to be aesthetically pleasing. Um, that's why I chose the talent, of course. Um, and I'm going to work on that. I really I want to get really good at um, doing body work and stuff. You know, i got a friend who's going to teach me, and uh, we're going to get really good at it because uh, looks are a big part of it too. But I think my strong suit is going to be performance because I have a great grasp of how engines work and uh, what they need and uh, I've always wanted to tune so um, that's part of tuning is getting the engine right the first time that way uh, tuning's a little bit easier you're not having to deal with all the other bullshit so but anyway let's do an update on the shop real quick um, kind of give y'all a rundown what's what's went on the past week um, so the first thing is uh, Deej and I uh, got a Civic, it's going to be the first flip, you know, you guys have probably been waiting on us to do a flip, because I said that's going to be what, uh, you know, fuels the shop, as far as uh, income goes, and also, I think it would be great content for you guys, uh, that might be mechanically inclined, to show you how to make some money on the side, by finding a car, getting a good deal on it, that maybe, maybe it needs something mechanically, that, the person that you're buying it from just really doesn't want to spend the time messing with uh, they, or they don't have the money or what have you but 
if the part is relatively inexpensive and you're mechanically inclined, you can save a lot of money by doing the job yourself and then you can make a profit off of it after you sell it. But you gotta be smart with that, of course. You gotta get a good deal on the car first. But anyway, so we got a Civic. It's a 95 Civic. Um, same body style as DJ's first car, which was a, uh, it was a 95, but it was a black Honda Civic. Um, it's the EG body style. And uh, it's a great looking car. And so we got it. Uh, it's it's all white. Um, it's an automatic. That's the only bad part about it, but no big deal. It's an automatic. Engine runs great. It's got a sunroof. Um, the interior is nice. Uh, the guy put Subaru seats in it. I'm not sure what car came out of, but Subaru seats in it, and they look they look good in there. They actually fit, and uh, they're a whole lot more comfortable than the than the ones that came in the Civic. So that's a plus. And uh, a couple other good things. Um, it's got a, it's got a, a radio deck in it, aftermarket radio deck in it. So that's good. And um, a couple of other, uh, you know, pluses that'll help us make the sale later on. Uh, the only thing wrong with it is that uh, it left the guy stranded because um, the transmission has got an issue. Uh, you can only get up to about 30. And, uh, well, which isn't true. Um, I mean, it's kind of true, but when we got it home, uh, I drove it on our road and I got it up to 70. I mean, I was hauling ass, but I got it up to 70. But the real problem is once you get off of it and you sit still after you've driven it, um, you know, you stop at a stop sign or whatever, it won't go after that. And you can put it in any gear and it won't move. Uh, but you, if you cycle the ignition, immediately it'll start moving again. So uh, we're looking into that. Worst case scenario, we have to buy a transmission and we found them for 80 to 100 bucks. So um, it's going to be a sweet deal. Uh you know, we got the car for a really good deal, like way below what you expect. So, we'll probably, we'll probably quadruple our investment. I'll just tell you that much. We'll probably triple, at least triple, but probably quadruple our investment. So, um, so just be looking out on that. Uh, the as far as the uh, YouTube goes, like I said, you got. I know. I know you, a lot of you guys want to learn this, so. We're going to be videoing that, the process, just kind of showing you how easy it can be. You know, a lot of it is like restoring a house. Like the, You need to know the important part. So on a car, the important part is going to be the aesthetics on the outside. Um, making sure everything works properly if it's electronic as far as like, you know, the windows and things like that. Like trying to get as much value out of it as possible. That way you can sell it for the highest value, uh, for the highest amount. Um interior needs to look good um all the aesthetic things are important obviously the mechanical part is good too but you don't have to worry about that with hondas man they just run great and the engine always sounds good you know what i mean like they're strong engines so so anyway that's that's what we're going to do with that um i want to explain the youtube situation um i'm frustrated yet again i'm having internet problems yet again out here in the country um it's been bad. So I've been, so I've obviously uh, kind of dra dragged my feet. Uh, I dragged my feet on the YouTube videos um, on the 
It's the uh, part two of the K-Swap. Um, you know, you've already seen us put the engine in, but um, on part two, we're doing a full suspension rebuild, which was done, you know, over a month ago. So, yeah, I have been dragging my feet, but I've been learning this new, uh, I've been trying to learn this new software that I got, DaVinci Resolve. It's video editing software. But I'm getting really good at it. I've actually learned it, and I'm getting pretty quick with it. Um, so I finished the video three days ago. I've been having the video uh, rendering and uploading to YouTube for three days. And right now, we're at 8%. So if that tells you anything about my internet, we've got an issue. So I've got to get CenturyLink back out here and get them to fix this because it's getting ridiculous. I'm trying to get content out. I've got several videos that I, YouTube videos that I'm ready to post. But at this point, it's going to take years for it to, for it to post. So, sorry about that. I know it's a bunch of excuses, but I can't wait to get this stuff out to you guys because I want y'all to see it. That's what that's what Seamless is built around, you know. Um, you know, a lot of people are asking us to work on their cars for them. And, um, you know, if it's a performance thing or it's a project, sure. Because we would love the content and, you know, eventually maybe we go to that. Eventually maybe we go to having a performance shop. But, we're not like... the Seamless is really built around building our cars and making content off of that and also doing flips so really seamless is built around youtube podcasts and stuff like that because we're doing this because we enjoy it and we also want to spread the love and also the knowledge that we know of vehicles so that's really what seamless is about it's not about you know um us having our own shop and and we're just fixing cars and stuff like that so um, I really need this YouTube and podcast thing to work, you know, so I need my internet working, so I'll get off of my soapbox there, but, so the other thing that happened is we picked up the lift, uh, we've told you guys that we, you know, I've been telling you for, you know, months that we were going to buy a lift, but finally we bought it, I think we told y'all that on the last podcast, but we picked it up Saturday, and um, we're getting ready to install it this weekend, you know, originally I, I think I told you guys that I was going to pay somebody to install it. Um, but DJ kind of talks me, talked me into it. And it's been going through my mind about uh, installing it ourselves. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to install it ourselves. Um, we've got a couple connections as far as uh, information. And obviously I can do the measurements for my job. Because that's where we got my, my lift from is uh, my work where we took it down. So it was actually one of my old lifts. There was nothing wrong with it, but we needed a truck lift that had a higher capacity. So, so it's actually one of my old lifts, so I know it works. And uh, but like I said, I can get the measurements from there. Um, so we got to get the anchors, get that all set in, make sure our concrete is thick enough, and um, then we're gonna have somebody install the uh, electrical part of it with the breaker box, and, and we'll be set. And we'll be set to go. That's definitely gonna change the game. And uh, we're gonna video that whole process too. And get it out to you eventually when the internet's set up. Um, and we're almost there with DJ's Hatch. Uh, last little bit of news. We're almost there with DJ's Hatch. He's got a lot of parts in now. We know we've got the ECU, fuel rail, everything. Uh, we're just lacking a few parts um, to get it finished up. You know, flywheel, clutch, and a couple other things. So I just wanted to give y'all guys an update on that. Because I know a lot of you guys are fans of the Hatch. So... Um, we're excited to get that one going, and that's also what's 
what's got me going as far as hurrying up and trying to get the talent running, you know. I don't want to rush things, but I really do want to drive it at the end of the summer. So I'm going to try my, my hardest to get that going and uh, work from there. But So let's get into the meat and potatoes, as I like to say of what I want to what I want to teach you guys and what I want to explain. So this podcast is going to be about how an internal uh, combustion engine works. So let's uh break it down. So an internal combustion engine basically works like this. Just remember this. Suck, squeeze, bang, blow. Um that's how the engine works. And so let me elaborate a little bit. There's four strokes of a combustion engine, okay? You have your intake stroke, your compression stroke, your power stroke, and then your exhaust stroke. So you got four strokes. Um, and I want, like I said, I want to go into detail on each one of these because I'd like to get you to have an understanding of how they actually work. And then... Once you have a good understanding of how they work, you can understand how tuning will help. Okay, and I and I'm gonna give you little tips on what you can do with your tuning in order to improve. So, like the whole point of tuning everything is to get the best efficient, efficient Jesus, the best efficiency of power out of that engine you can. That's why. These days, Japanese mo- motors or engines, I like to say, Japanese engines, the smaller engines are just as good as the higher displacement engines because we're, we're maximizing the efficiency of the engine. I can't say that word for some reason. We're maximizing the efficiency of the engine so we can get every ounce, every little bit of power out of that engine that we, that we, that we can. Uh, no problem, and so that's why they're so much more powerful. You know, a two-liter back in the day couldn't make near the power that it can now. So um, it's really important to remember that. You know, uh, back in the day, the saying used to be, "There's no replacement for displacement." Now that still holds true a little bit, but remember, when you're adding cylinders, um, you know, you have to have bigger components and everything else. You start getting heavier, so your power to weight ratio goes down. So just keep that in mind. And also you can't rotate uh, your assembly as fast, so your RPMs are lower. Um, therefore, we have a higher RPM band. Therefore, we don't have to shift as much. Therefore, we can stay in it, if you, if you know what I mean. We can stay in the power band. So um, there's, there's pros and cons to each, but let's not get too far into the woods here. So anyway, l- let's start with the strokes. Um, the intake stroke, which is the suck stroke. You know, suck, squeeze, bang, blow. I'm going to hammer that into your head until you understand how an engine works. So, the suck stroke, the intake stroke, okay? The intake stroke is exactly what you would think it would be. So, think of a syringe when you're pulling back a syringe, like you're sucking something in. That's exactly what this is. The piston is coming down, down the cylinder, pulling in the air. But in order for it to do that, the intake valve has to be opened in the cylinder head. Um... So what opens the intake valve is going to be your intake camshaft, obviously. So intake camshaft is going to open up the valve. Piston is going to come down and suck in the air. Now, if it's a regular multi-port and uh, multi-port uh, injection setup, then fuel is going to be pulled pulled in that same way. If it's direct injected, there's going to be a different port for it that that's directly directed into the uh, combustion chamber by itself. 
But for most engines, it's a multi-port. Unless you got a carburetor and you're a weirdo. No, I'm just kidding. But you're going to pull in the air-fuel ratio, okay? That's what the intake stroke's for. You're pulling in the air-fuel air mixture. Now, what's important about this stroke is that your air-fuel mixture has to be correct. Every, every one of these strokes is important, but I'm going to give you some pointers on if you're diagnosing a car that won't run, too, because that's it's kind of important. You know what I mean? Um, so if the air-fuel mixture is not correct, then the engine's not going to run. Um, compression stroke is going to be non, you know, it's not going to work properly. Um, so but we'll move on to, to the compression stroke in a minute, but air-fuel mixture has to be perfect. And what's the perfect air-fuel ratio for gasoline is going to be 14.7 to 1. That's called stoichiometry, which is perfect mixture. This is the mixture that's going to be the best for um, completely burning all of the fuel and air for better emissions, okay? A lot of these words and stuff and things are based off of emissions because that's, believe it or not, that is the goal of um, car manufacturers these days is emissions, okay? They're trying to save the world and the government puts a puts a big restriction on them, taxes them and everything else and has requirements on building on building their vehicles. So everything is built around not just efficiency, well like fuel mileage, what well, that's where efficiency comes from is fuel mileage. Um, because they're required to have a certain amount of vehicles and fuel mileage, but also emissions coming out of the tailpipe, you know, basically virtually zero emissions is required these days. So but 14.7 to 1. So that's going to be your perfect air, mi air mixture. And that's going to be air fuel mixture. And that's going to be uh, what the manufacturers are going to try to uh, maintain. So like I told you, the intake valves and the cylinder head are going to open. And allow your fuel and air to come in. Into the combustion chamber. So a little tuning tip here for the intake stroke. Is, uh, so bring in more air and fuel with cams is what I've got noted here. The way you would bring in more air and fuel with cam with the cams is obviously with more duration and lift, which means the cams going to be uh, the cams going to open the valve more to allow more volume of air to come in the air fuel mixture, and also you can make the duration longer, which means that the valves open longer. Okay. You've got those two options, and a mixture of those is going to help improve your power. Um, another thing you can do during that on the intake stroke, things that you can, that can affect the intake stroke that will help you, is larger injectors, obviously. Um, this is to help achieve your, your air-fuel ratio that you need. Especially if you're running a turbo, you're going to want uh, larger injectors as you start to run more boost because you'll end up running lean, so you're going to need more fuel in there. But that's for a totally different podcast. But anyway, so for tuning for the intake stroke, you know, cams, things like that. Um, um, that's the intake stroke. So the intake stroke is a downstroke that pulls in the air-fuel mixture. Now, we have the compression stroke, which is the stroke right after it. So we've pulled down the air and fuel ratio. I mean, air and fuel mixture, sorry. Now we're going to go back up because that's the way the crankshaft rotates. So we're down. Now we're coming up. 
Now in our combustion chamber, we've still got that air and fuel coming up. What we're going to do is we're going to close the valves. The intake valve is going to be closed and the exhaust valve is going to be closed. In your regular cylinder head on the combustion engine, you have intake and exhaust valve. So both of those are going to be closed. So that air fuel ratio, uh, that air fuel mixture has nowhere to go. So it's going to get compressed. It's going to get pressurized, which is required in order for the mixture to ignite properly. Um, without that compression, the mixture is not going to ignite. Okay, you can you can study that um, to figure out how that works, but you need compression in order to ignite this. Uh, in order to ignite this air fuel mixture so um, like I said all valves are going to be closed and it's on the upstroke it's coming up with that mixture when you get when you get to the top or close to the top the spark plug is going to ignite it okay now we can change when it ignites it with timing but we'll get into that in a minute the spark plug is going to ignite the mixture so that's during the end, uh, that's during the compression stroke. Some people think it's after, but it's during the compression stroke, okay? Um, so that's all the compression stroke is. It's literally you're compressing that air-fuel ratio. Uh, I keep saying ratio, sorry. That air-fuel mixture. You're compressing the air-fuel mixture. That's what the compression stroke is. So for tuning on that one, um, we can raise the compression by changing out the pistons. Um, we can, you know, let's say the engine has a 10 to 1 compression. Um, look that up. That way you can explain that. I don't want to be, I'd be here all night explaining everything uh, on this podcast, which some of you may not mind, but maybe we do a part two. Let me know. Um, I can elaborate on some of this stuff, but change the piston out to a higher compression. When you do this, obviously it's going to raise the pressure of the compression stroke, okay? You're going to get more power out of that way. You're going to get a bigger bang, if that makes sense. Um, that's on naturally aspirated engines, though. Naturally aspirated means it doesn't have, any, doesn't have a turbocharger or a supercharger forcing air into the intake manifold, okay? Um, otherwise, it's just getting sucked in if it's a naturally aspirated. It's not getting pressurized. If you're running a supercharger or a turbocharger, you're pressurizing it, okay? So you actually need to lower your compression ratio. Your compression ratio for a turbo or supercharger is going to be lower than it would be on a naturally aspirated engine. Um, just because it's required. You know, if, if you have a high pressure, if you have a lot of pressure going into that cylinder, it's going to get hot, okay? And you need to lower that because you're actually getting more air in anyway. So comp compression is going to be high. It's going to be too high if you if you leave it at a high naturally aspirated ratio okay you're gonna you're gonna destroy that piston okay this is how it works so that's the important part you can play with it if it's a like I said if it's an all some people say all motor same thing as naturally aspirated an all motor engine you can raise that compression ratio up and it's and you'll you'll feel it you'll get a whole lot more power uh, it costs you a little bit of money, but if you know what you're doing, you can get more power from it. Um, the other thing on compression stroke is this is where the tuning really happens, okay? This is where a lot of the tuning really happens. Um, you're going to play with the ignition timing. So let me explain. Ignition timing is when the spark plug ignites the mixture, okay? 
Um, there's two reasons to play with ignition timing. Okay, one is to maximize power, and the other is to minimize pinging or knocking. Okay. Um, so let's talk about the first one. Let's talk about maximizing power. Advancing time, advancing your ignition timing means you're going to ignite the mixture sooner rather than later. So let's say that your base ignition ignition timing is right at the top. As the piston's coming up with the mixture and it's being compressed, right at the top of the stroke, it ignites. Let's just say that's base. Because that would be zero. That'd be at top dead center, okay? Anything, if you ignited it before that, as it's coming up, that's advanced timing, okay? That's going to be you igniting it before it gets to the top. Now, to maximize power, you want to do that, okay? Later on, later on in the RPMs, you want to ignite the mixture sooner to get ahead of it. It gives the, it gives the mixture longer time to burn, and develop and the explosion develops better okay i like to call it an explosion but a combustion it, it develops more which is going to make your power stroke better okay because it gives it gives you time to ignite the mixture and it and it implode and and, and grow okay that's the best way i can explain it is grow more uh, otherwise you're going to have wasted fuel and air mixture okay so that's what you want to do you but there's a fine line you got to play with it um, that's what tuning's for. That's what tuning's all about is playing with that ignition timing, obviously playing with the fuel and a couple other things. But really that ignition time is important because that's where you're going to get your power from. A lot of it. it. Like if you get a bad tune and then you go to somebody who's got a good tune and they fix that ignition timing, you're going to see a big difference. It'll blow your mind. So, But that's the compression stroke. So we've got intake stroke, which is sucking in the air-fuel mixture. We've got compression stroke, which is compressing the mixture, compressing the mixture. Now we're going to power stroke. That's the next downstroke. Compression stroke with an upstroke. Now it's ignited it and it's coming down. Now it's coming down by force, okay, from that explosion. This is your power stroke. So it's a byproduct of the explosion. That's why it goes back down. Um, and with this, this is... This stroke is where you will hear the spark knock. It's where you will hear the rod knock. Okay. Um, and diagnostics. Um, oh, so, so let, yeah, yeah. So real quick though, let me go back to compression because I want to say something about diagno diagnosing because I said I would tell you guys how to diagnose stuff on, on strokes. On the intake stroke, it was you're not getting enough fuel or air or something like that. Okay. Some, something's wrong with the mixture. You may not be getting fuel. That's the, mo the most popular thing. Sometimes it'll be air if you have an intake, a valve issue, but not typically. On the compression side, as far as diagnosing goes, uh, you have a compression tester that you can use. Um, each, each engine has a base compression that it runs at, and you need to measure all the cylinders to see if they're within that spec, and they're close to each other as far as that goes. As the engine wears down, the compression is going to be lower, but... If the compression is below a certain threshold, the mixture won't ignite properly and you will have an engine that doesn't run or it'll run rough or it'll have a misfire on one cylinder if it's just one cylinder doing it. So you'll have those things. That's how you diagnose the compression stroke. That's like really one of the main ways to, to diagnose an engine 
as something that's missing, and I'll explain that later. So, so the power stroke, which is the bang stroke. You're going down. You can hear spark knock or rod knock if that's happening on this stroke. The diagnostic process for this one is you can shut down that. You can shut down. Like, it, let's say you're experiencing a knock, like a rod knock. And you hear it while the engine's running, obviously. You can either pull an injector connector or you can pull an ignition coil off of a plug on each cylinder until the, till the knock goes away. And when you pull that plug or that um, injector connector off of that cylinder and that cylinder's not firing anymore, if that noise goes away, that's the cylinder with your knock in it. So that's very important and it's something that you need to know. But anyway, this is the this is the downstroke, the power stroke. Um, the goal is to use all the fuel and air during this process. So hopefully you've burned it all. Um, that is the whole point in tuning is, like I said, to get the most efficiency and power out of the engine. We're trying to get every little ounce of power we can out of the engine. Um, the tuning aspect of power stroke is really you're just using this as your numbers, okay? The power stroke is your results. You know, it's the result stroke of tuning, basically, is what I've called it. Um, this is the power stroke. This is where you're going to get your power when you're on a dyno and you're dynoing the engine. This is going to give you the results, okay? This is what keeps the engine turning. It's the, it's the, important, it's the important stroke of the engine because without it, the rest, the rest aren't really going to be there. You know what I'm saying? And kind of vice versa too, but it's the power strokes. So there's not much to say about it. Um, so that's the downstroke, the byproduct of the compression stroke. So the next stroke after that is we've got to get rid of those gases, right? We've cut, we've come down, and we've burned all of that fuel and air, and now we got to do something with it, okay? In order to get, in order to get fresh air and fuel back in the c cylinders, we got to get rid of this old exhaust gas. And we've just burned up. So we're going to go back up with the piston. The piston is going to rotate back up. Back up the cylinder. And it's going to push the exhaust gases out of the exhaust valve. So as you can imagine, on the power stroke it's coming down. And the valves are still closed, okay? You're going to come back up with the exhaust stroke. The exhaust valve is going to open and let the exhaust out of the cylinder head, okay? So the piston is going to push the exhaust gases out. Now, that's the upstroke, like I said. Um, a little tidbit here is like free flow and exhaust is important. Okay, I've made that a note. If you've got a backed up exhaust, then you can imagine you've got pressure on the other end of that cylinder head. You're not going to be able to get all the exhaust out. So what do you think is going to happen? When you go back to the intake stroke, which is the next stroke after the exhaust stroke, when you go back to the intake stroke, you can't get that fresh air or fuel back into the cylinder because it's being taken up by the exhaust still because it couldn't all get out. So that's why in the performance world, it's very important to have a free-flowing exhaust. Um, that's why we go with a bigger diameter um, exhaust piping and also we go with high-flow cats or no cats. Don't tell anybody, but yeah, no cats. Um, no restrictions, man. So we can get that exhaust out. So um, there's a little thing called uh, scavenging, but we'll we'll talk about that later. Um, as far as as far as uh, well, we can talk a little bit about scavenging. 
so the tuning aspect of this stroke, which is the exhaust stroke, is as you're going up, the, the exhaust valve is going to open, you're going to let exhaust out, okay? Now, that flow of exhaust going out is causing a vacuum in the cylinder, right? Well, the cool thing is, is you got something called overlap that you can tune in or um, depending on the cams you buy, things like that. Um, not so much in the regular manufacturer world, in the OEM world. You're not going to see it much anymore. Um, and if you do, it's only to cool down the cylinders, not really for, for performance. Um, but like I said, the valve opening up, exhaust coming out, causes a vacuum in the cylinder itself. So what you can do is overlap. You can actually have the exhaust valve and the intake valve open at the same time. Um, they're, they're just for a short period at the end of the exhaust stroke and it can help pull in more intake your more your intake your exhaust um jesus christ your air fuel ratio your air fuel mixture in at the same time because you've got that vacuum so you can actually draw in more um air and fuel on that next intake stroke okay so that that's the tuning aspect of the exhaust stroke um you want to do that with the na engines you don't necessarily need that on boosted engines, okay? You really don't want it on boosted engines um, because you're already forcing the air and fuel in, right? So um, you have to keep keep in mind what type of engine you're building or what type of engine you have uh, when you're when you're playing with stuff like this. You know, some make sense on a naturally aspirated engine that doesn't make sense on a turbo engine. And some makes total sense on the turbo engine, but doesn't make sense on a naturally aspirated. So keep that in mind. Um, so the other thing I told you, 14.7 to 1 stoichiometry with the intake. Um, that's a manufacturer OEM thing, okay? Um, original equipment manufacturer is what OEM stands for. But that's going to be like what Nissan or any any vehicle from the factory is going to do because like I said they're trying to get rid of emissions so on the exhaust stroke what I have to say about that is they're trying to keep the exhaust as clean as possible so they keep it at 14.7 they want to make sure that they burn it all and if the cylinders are getting too hot they're going to let exhaust back into the cylinder to cool the cylinder down okay so that's all I've got to say about that let's uh let's kind of recap real quick because I know it can, it can be a lot. You may have to listen to this episode several times if you're really interested um, and explain. And if and if I miss something, you know, message me and I'll explain it to you if you want a deeper, uh, more in-depth uh, explanation of this or if it's something I missed. Um, so let's recap real quick. Suck, squeeze, bang, blow, okay? So we're sucking in the air-fuel mixture during the intake stroke, Okay. On the compression stroke, which is the squeeze stroke, stroke, voice crack, um, squeeze stroke, the compression stroke, you're compressing the air-fuel mixture. Then we ignite it, okay? Then we have the power stroke. The stroke comes down with our air-fuel that's been combusted, and, it, and it's the power stroke that comes down and turns the engine. Then we have our exhaust stroke, which is the blow stroke, okay? We're blowing the exhaust, back out the exhaust valves, getting ready to do another intake stroke. So you've got four strokes. So that's what that's what a four-stroke engine is. That's how a four-stroke engine operates. Um, 
so there you have it. Now that you kind of understand how an engine works, as far as a piston engine, that's how it works, you can kind of get into the tuning. I've already, I've already touched on it a little bit, but let's just kind of go back over it. So for tuning, like I said, we're trying to get the most power out of it we can. Now, I want to bring up something that you need to think about. If we're building an engine, we need to decide, are we going back OEM? You know, do we, do we not really care too much about power? Who's going to say that? But anyway, if, we're not, if we just want OEM, then we'll just rebuild it as is. You know, like I said, they're going to be very conservative. It's about fuel mileage and also about emissions okay now of course they're going to make better power because better power can help with fuel mileage okay but it's not going to be as much as you want okay and also they're trying to get the engine to run smooth because believe it or not customers complain about rough running engines okay so but you need to decide do you want that or do you want to maximize power and then there's a middle ground you can get the most power you want out of an engine and just go, you know, real expensive but really powerful. Or there's a middle ground, okay, um, which is kind of what I'm doing with the Talon. I'm not going all there because I want a streetable car, okay. There's a point you get to where you're really tuning it and you get real aggressive on the engine power that it's just not fun to drive daily or to go cruise in, okay. It's really to race in. Um, that's a race car, so it's not made for comfort. It's made to go fast. Um, so anyway, you need to decide what you want to do there. But if we're deciding for performance, regardless of whether it's mid-level or it's race car, you're going to want to go with larger camshafts, okay? Larger camshafts are going to do a couple of things here. You know how an engine works, I just told you. So with the camshafts, they do what? They control the, the incoming air, and then on the exhaust side, they control the exhaust valves, so the exhaust exhaust can get out of the cylinder okay that's what camshafts do they push down the valves we get larger camshafts meaning higher lift or more duration there's so many profiles out there i can't explain them all to you you would just have to go check them out there's probably a selection of 20 different types probably more than that but i'm just saying 20 different types of camshafts for each engine out there if if there's an application you know what i'm saying so larger camshaft which means we're going to let more air in, and maybe for longer, and we're going to let more exhaust out, maybe for longer, okay? And we can, and we can, affect, uh, we can affect overlap that way, too. So besides ignition timing, there's also camshaft timing, and that's where your overlap will come in. And you can, uh, the timing times when the valves open and when the valves close. That's all I'll say. We won't get too far into that. Um... The other tuning aspect, larger injectors, okay? Let's say let's say we get those nice camshafts put in and we realize that our injector duty cycle is at 100% and we're still running not lean but closer to 14 and we need a lower air fuel mixture, okay? We could go with larger injectors. This is going to give us more power. As long as we got the air to put in there to keep the ratio where we want it, we can go with bigger injectors. That's going to give us more power. Um, tuning, as far as tuning goes with that, um, you can play with the injector duty cycle. You can play with uh, the pulse width modulation on how how long it's open and for you know what I mean. Just you can't you can't 
play with uh, how large it opens, kind of like you can a camshaft, but you can play with how long it's open, okay? That's where your tuning comes in for that. Um, when, it, when it actually squirts the fuel in and also how long, okay, the duty cycle. Um, so fuel ratio for power is what I got in here. That that's the you know the tuning I was talking about with the injectors. You're just trying to play with the fuel ratio to find out what's best. Um, a great so 14.7 to one is stoichi stoichiometry, which is what manufacturers want to use. But really, in the tuning world, you're looking more 12 and a half or so, 12.8, maybe 13. That's that's where you want it, um, especially on a naturally aspirated engine. Okay. You can go. You're gonna go richer on a uh, on a boosted engine. So, but we won't get too far into that. Um, another tuning aspect. Well, I brought this up already. Is choosing the compression ratio depending on the type of the engine. So, higher compression ratio if you're looking at a, a an all motor setup or a naturally aspirated setup. Higher compression pistons is gonna help you out. You, there's no reason not to if you're gonna if you're gonna replace the pistons you might as well go with a higher compression um, if you're going turbo or you're going supercharger then you're gonna want lower compression pistons okay we're not worried too much about it what we're really worried about is not going high on the compression okay because we're gonna mess up the we're gonna mess up the engine that way so we want to stay around you know you know in the in the ballpark of nine nine to one compression ratio um you want to play with ignition timing to maximize power. You know, like I was telling you before about ignition timing. That's what you want to do. You want to find out where the engine likes it. Every engine is different, and that's why you need to play with the numbers, and that's also why you need a dyno so you can see those small increments and small changes to see how the engine likes it or what it likes. That's why you need multiple pulls. That's why you need to pay for multiple hours on the dyno, okay? Unless you're dealing with an expert who deals with just that engine, that engine only, and knows exactly what it needs, okay? Going off of your going off of your mods, okay? That can always change depending on what camshafts you have, what injectors you have. All of this uh, decides how the tuning needs to be approached. Um, and the last thing I want to say, which really just sums it all up, is your volumetric efficiency. Look that word up so you can understand the definition of it. But volumetric efficiency is are you getting the most power, the most efficiency, which is power, out of that engine that you can, out of that cylinder, okay? That's what a tuner's dream and a tuner's goal is, is to have that 100% volumetric efficiency, okay? It's not achievable, but we want to get as close to that as we can. So that's the goal of tuning. That's the goal of building a car that you want to go fast, uh, regardless of how fast. You want the engine to be as efficient as it can be. So there we have it, guys. I hope that you learned a lot from this. I hope that it was clear, because I know I jumped around a little bit. But I really wanted to get this information out to you guys. It was something that I had been thinking about for a while and that I think people would be interested in, even if it's not the tuning aspect, but really just helping a technician understand a little bit better about how an engine works and about what to look out for when it comes to engines, because it can be kind of scary. Um, 
I know how it is. When you don't understand when you don't understand how something works, how could you ever figure out what's going on with it? So this can help. It's very simple. Just please keep it simple, okay? Keep it very simple. Suck, squeeze, bang, blow. Keep it simple. You've got intake, compression, power, and exhaust. You've got four strokes of the engine. And what you so real quick, a little a little one little thing I want to add on, okay, to help you diagnose. If you if you're a technician out there and you want to you want to learn a little bit about diagnosing an engine. You've got a couple of things that make an engine run. You know, if we want to cut it down to bare bones, I like to keep it simple. It's what helps diagnose, okay? You can get into the specifics later, but this is it, okay? You need compression. You need air and fuel. And you need spark. At the bare bones, that's what you need, okay? <clears throat> About... Man, I, I hate coming up with numbers because I'm, I'm a precise guy. I like to be precise. But a high percentage, a very, very, very high percentage of cars that aren't running when they come into the shop and I look at them have one of those things wrong with them, okay? Um, that That's always going to be the case. But I, what I'm saying is it's very simple. It's very simple. Compression is very easy to check, Okay. You use a compression checker, like I was telling you, a compression tester kit. You're going to take out the spark plug, put that in there, and check the compression on each cylinder until you find a dead one. So that's that. If you're missing compression, you'll see it on there. Let's say the cylinders are all 160 except for one, and it shows 70. Well, there's your dead cylinder, okay? Um, the other thing is that timing and all that can play into that as far as valve timing goes or you bent a valve whatever but just keep it simple remember compression's easy so that's compression your air fuel this one is not as big of a problem okay um it's usually going to be fuel on that side um air is usually not a problem unless you got a stopped up air fuel filter which does not happen very often that things got to be really old or some rodents have gotten up in the air box or something but you're usually not going to miss air it's usually going to be fuel whether that be a fuel pump which is supplying the fuel rail so none of the injectors are getting fuel or you have an injector who's, which is stuck open because too much fuel can mess up the air fuel mixture which is going to mean it's still not going to fire or it's not opening at all it's stuck shut from bad fuel or just you know it being old it's stuck closed which means which means the cylinders aren't getting fuel or that cylinder is not getting fuel which means it's not going to ignite okay so that's going to be your the bigger problem is going to be fuel on that side and then on the ignition side I will tell you right now ignition is the weakest link remember this when you're diagnosing an engine that's not running ignition is the weakest link it gets a little bit more complex than that but just remember ignition is the weakest link you've got spark plugs okay those things can foul out or they're old um, and they don't work so you need to inspect the spark plugs always check for spark first whenever you're looking at an engine that's not running okay make sure it's turning over and everything and then check for spark it's the easiest thing to check you just pull out the ignition coil put a spark plug in the end of it Make sure you have ground on the electrode. 
and see if it sparks. Turn it over and see if it sparks, okay? So, you have your spark plug and you have your ignition coil. If it's on an older car, you've got a distributor with a coil that sends it through a wire to the spark plug. But you get what I'm saying. So, spark is always going to be your weakest link. So, if you've got spark plugs, you've got your wires, you've got your coil, cap and rotor, those type of things that are going to fail. So, that's going to be the, the weakest link. And then you might go compression and then fuel, okay? Because um, compression is obviously the mechanical part of the engine. And something had to have happened for that, for the compression to mess up. Whether it be bent valves, uh, blown rings, uh, running it without oil, things like that. But really it's going to be burned rings. Or it could be sludge because they didn't change their oil very much. And the sludge um, got on the piston rings and kept them in the piston. Therefore, it's not getting compression through the cylinder. So, But anyway, that's just a little, little diagnostic tip on that. Compression, air, fuel, and spark is all you need to, for an engine to run. Okay. So that's it on that. Like I said, I hope you guys got some good information. And um, send me some messages if there was something that I missed or something that's not so clear that you would like to get an answer on. And I'll get back to you. Um, but we want to thank you for listening to the Seamless Garage podcast. And um, we'll see you on the next one. Later. Hey, thanks for listening to the Seamless Garage podcast. We really do appreciate it. Um, if you liked it, make sure you go to follow us on Spotify, Anchor, whatever platform that you are listening to. That way you can always get an update when we post a new podcast. Um, also, I wanted to let you know we do have a YouTube channel, The Seamless Garage. Um, that's our YouTube channel. On Instagram, there is The Seamless Garage as well. And uh, obviously, this is The Seamless Garage podcast. Um, also, our individual social media platforms, uh, Derek Blackwell on Facebook. He refuses to do an Instagram or Twitter, so you can't catch him on there. But you can catch me on Facebook, Stevie Gilliland. And also our Facebook page, The Seamless Garage, and we also have a group that you need to join. Um, that way you'll get updates and you can kind of talk with the community. Everybody can talk amongst themselves uh, about the latest content. Uh, same thing on Instagram and Twitter, it's The Real Stevie. Um, and like I said, we have an Instagram for The Seamless Garage. So go check those out and uh, thanks for thanks for listening in and we'll see you on the next one.